You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hour number three, it's The Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960 The Fan, live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. At the bottom of the hour, we're going to do Brody on the beat. We're going to take your text messages. We talked about Dan Orlovsky, former quarterback, current ESPN analyst, Thing he uses a, the same towel out of the shower at least 30 times before he washes it. Give us some of your gross personal hygiene secrets. 960, 960, name and location. There's a couple really gross ones on the text line. I'm going to do that at 830. Yeah. But I, I appreciate your honesty. Keep them coming. Yeah, keep them coming. Please. 960, names, whatever. Uh, Flames in Vegas tonight trying to win against the Golden Knights for the first time ever in Las Vegas. To talk about the Flames, Corey Sarich, Sportsnet Flames analyst, former NHLer on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Corey, good morning. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. How are you guys? Good. How gross is it that Dan Orlovsky uses the same towel 30 times before he washes it? Well, hopefully he does a good job scrubbing in the uh, shower so he's clean when he comes out. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's a good point. Maybe did, he, did he ever, just does a really good job in yeah, there, George. Maybe I, he's just really clean. You don't have to give us names, but if you want to, um, who are some of the grossest guys you played with when it came to stuff like that? Oh, I, I mean, well, Andre Zuzan, I don't think I ever saw him pick up a bar of soap or shampoo. He just <laughs> rinse and go. <laughs> Man. Okay. That's musty. All right. And oh. I don't know, this is just a side note, but he was uh, he was a close talker. Even in the shower, <laughs> oh. you'd be nose-to-nose nose when you're having your conversation. So. <laughs> so at least he'd be in and out of the shower, though, real quick, right? Oh, yeah. He, no wasting water with him. He was <laughs> okay. in out, and out, and he was one of those no-socks kind of guys, too, just to put the cherry on top. Wow, oh. Andre Zuzan. All right, just, shout out Andre Zuzan. Just sending it. Out that of is, uh, that's awesome. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on something here, Corey. Um, you remember that big clip with uh, Pelche and, and Daryl Sutter, right, after his NHL debut against that afternoon win against the Lightning? Do you remember that? Yeah, I sure do. Um, I actually got Sportsnet stats to look up some numbers, so I just want to share them with you and then get your opinion. Uh, before that clip, up to including that game, Flames were 22-16-9, 564 points percentage. Not great, but not terrible. 3.11 goals per game, 2.97 goals against, plus 7 goal differential, 20% on the power play, 82.7% on the PK. Since that clip, the team's 8-8-5, 500 points percentage, 2.9 goals per game down, goals against 3.14 up, goal difference minus 5, 12 goal difference, Almost 3%, 2.3% less on the power play, and at 17.7% and 79% on the PK. The team has been worse since that clip. Do you think there's anything to that? Because if you were in the room and you heard the coach kind of unnecessarily taking a run at a young guy, how would you react to that, Corey? Well, I, I didn't like it. Like, first, personally, just from the outside looking in, and then I don't know if, if I was his teammate. I'd be even more rattled. Um, just, it's such a big deal for a guy to play in their first NHL game and to kind of brush it off. And like, I mean, Daryl has his time and his place when he needs to get a reaction from players and get something accomplished, but I just don't think that was the time or place. I mean, guys, the guy's family's watching. 
Uh, all eyes are on him, making his debut. Like you, you treat those things with, I think, the utmost respect. Obviously, the kid's done something to earn his way there. So, just kind of leaves a bad taste in your mouth. Now, I don't know if that has. <laughs> Hopefully, Jacob Pelche is not the uh, root of all these numbers that we're talking about, because uh, a lot of teammates in that room, and I think actually, you know what? I think the numbers are a product of just lack of attention to detail this year. I mean, you can you can say it's been scoring woes and bad goaltending, but this team has not been nearly as good all over the ice, paying attention to the details when it comes to especially defense and then then offense. How much does that grind on guys, though, throughout the season, Corey? And especially with a guy, and again, this isn't a rip-on Daryl Sutter uh, segment. It's absolutely not. The guy's the reigning Jack Adams Coach of the Year. The team had a fantastic season with Daryl Sutter behind the bench. But when something like that happens, how, how long does that reverberate? Not Maybe not reverberate, but how long does that stick around in, in the dressing room with the guys? Like, how long, like, do you think there's any cause that since that it's been this record and it's been this much mediocre play from a team that I think we can all agree on is playing under expectation? Huh, maybe it's the straw, but it, it kind of, you know, broke the back. I I can only I can only relate to different situations I've been in. Like I can't say exactly what's going on in their dressing room, but just for an example, playing under John Tortorella, mm. he was exactly what we needed at exactly the right moment in time, with the right amount of character that could handle him. We were a young group of guys that needed some direction. We needed a huge kick in the ass. And we needed someone to get us focused and we needed someone to get rid of all the BS that surrounded the Tampa Bay Lightning at the time. As far as like, everyone thought we were a joke. Everyone thought we were a laughing stock and he brought credibility to the organization. He brought work ethic. He brought culture and it was done and it was done John's way. And it was firm and perfect storm. Right. And then you, you look at, I think of my last year in Tampa, 06, 07, we were a decent team, but we scrapped our way to like eighth and then we're ousted in the first round for the second year in a row. Guys that tuned him out. Guys like Brad Richard, some of our top players that he was constantly riding, couldn't take it anymore. They just had had enough. Um, other guys that we brought in to fill roles kind of didn't get it. They just, they, they, They didn't get where he was coming from. They thought he was way too hard, way too tough. And our team just didn't mesh with his style of coaching. So it wasn't long after that, they were like looking for a replacement. So it run, they run their coaches run their course. It depends on how they handle guys over time. Um, It even comes down to the smallest thing. Like Daryl's a great coach, but maybe he didn't handle that situation correctly. Maybe he's got regrets on, on what he did. Maybe it sent the wrong message. Maybe he's done that a few times this year. I mean, that could be years of of frustration as well when you have teams that have success and then all of a sudden you're dealing with one this year after last year that is, is not performing up to potential. Probably makes some bad decisions too as a coach. So it's just, it's such a culmination and combination of everything that it, it it's hard to pinpoint. But I definitely think that the guys in the room are, are are probably not paying as much attention to their coaches as you'd like and to get the success and whether or not that requires a change from 
from one perspective to the other, or it's it's let's let's just I mean I'm rambling on here, but let's look at a couple of the players in the room too. I said early at the start of the year, Jonathan Huberdeau coming in this year, this is going to be a shock to his system. Mm. Just playing in Canada first and foremost in the pressure cooker that is the NHL in Canada over the U.S., and then you add in maybe a different style of coach than he's used to, that's a lot to deal with. What are some of the things on the ice or some of the signs that fans can look for uh, when they start to give up on the coach? And I'm not saying this team has done that, but you just talked about when, when you had your experience in Tampa Bay. What are some of the things you look for when you can kind of tell that players are starting to tune out a coach? Oh, geez, I don't know. Um, I feel like it's more stuff within the locker room than on the ice. Most guys, most guys are pros, so they'll go after it the right way out on the ice. Like most guys are, you know, you're, you're not going to go out there. I've seen the odd guy pout and dog it a little bit, but how, how would any fan know the difference from unless they're spending time with that person over and over? Like it, it would be so many subtle little things that you would see in their play, but I don't know if if fans would be able to like pinpoint. It. I don't. I don't. I don't know if there is a way. Um, I just feel like this team this year in the Calgary Flames has had to press right from the start because it hasn't gone their way, and because of having to press over and over and over. They've forgotten the little details of the game that make you successful. Like, again, last year the Calgary Flames moved up and down the ice as a five-man unit. Their neutral zone was great. They entered the zone and they pressured together. The forwards came back in their own zone and they escaped easily and quickly to go in transition. And it's just been, you, you start to not have success at the start of the year as a hockey team. You start to press, you start to separate where forwards are cheating and leaving. Defensemen are jumping more often because they feel like they need to contribute. Everyone feels like they have to press, 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 especially because of the lack of offense. And it just opens up cracks and holes in your team. And I just think part of the process has been, has been lost as far as what gets you results in the NHL. Um, Corey, it's obviously impossible for teams to put the effort like they did in that overtime loss against the Bruins, that game Sunday night where they dominated the Senators. It's obviously very difficult during the regular season to have you know that 100% effort uh, on the ice. But is it is it the games where you don't have it and you still can scratch out a win or a point that kind of really separates the playoff teams from the non-playoff teams in this league? Yeah, well, it definitely, and it's it's the little decisions that you make out there. I've watched so many games this year that are like they're so close, and they come down to one one small play. Um, like I wish I could recall. There's a few that are in my notes that I had from that Bruins game. Just little things that little small mistakes, and of course the game is is full of mistakes. But they are these little details. Like if you don't if you don't give the the other team that that small crack, that small window, because you're focused. Um, well, is, is that the game that Zadorov had the, uh, uh, took the body check, took the body on the, um, on March into the zone. Yes. Yep. That is such a critical detail in the game. If he just plays that as normal and, you know, keeps his wits about him, flames are in a better position. You don't give up a goal there. 
Um, I thought the other night in Arizona, you're out. You here, Here's some inexperience. You put Jacob Pelche out there in overtime, maybe because you need a goal. Nazem Kadri is already pressuring, and I think over-pressuring, the Phoenix player in overtime. And now Pelche is going to join in, and you give up a two-on-one the other way that leads to the beats the winning goal like you need that point extra point you need to get that thing to a shootout whatever you can do but but that's not the time to to try to press but that's just an example of what's been going on out there and all those small little things kind of add up to where the flames are right now Jonathan Huberto's played with basically every centerman on this team so far who do you think he's had the best chemistry with oh geez if any, um, <laughs> yeah, it, it it really it really hasn't looked different from center to center. I mean, I guess I I probably have to say with 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 Kadri um, that you've just seen him there the most. I don't even remember him playing with Lindholm. Um, I think that was was pretty bleak, probably also because you know, Elias hasn't, hasn't had the run that he did mm-hmm. last year offensively and hasn't been finding the back of the net with that incredible shot that he's got. So I don't know. I, I think it's kind of looked the same with all centers. Have you seen maybe improvements from Jonathan Huberto? Cause it felt like those first five, six games of the year, he was making some of those nifty passes that we were expecting when he signed here and when he was traded here, and maybe seeing a little bit of that lately, but still haven't maybe cashed in. Have you seen improvements in his game? Yeah, I think I, I, I got to give him credit with everything he's gone through this year and how he's been such a center of attention and, you know, not producing like he wants to or the team needs him to. I, I like that he's he's tried. He's tried to go out and add a little bit of grit in his game, which I know is not his forte, but he's working hard for the team. I still see him working hard and trying to pay attention to the details defensively because he knows he's not getting it done at the other end of the ice. And I mean, honestly, for him to be effective, he needs to be that guy that he was in Florida. It, may, it might not ever get quite to that level with the style that Daryl demands here. Um, but he's going to have to somehow... And it might not. It might have to happen next season. You know, free his mind mm. to where he's playing loose hockey, and guys cannot play when they're uptight. Like that is just everyone knows that. Every hockey fan that's ever watched this sport, when you're watching players that are tight that aren't comfortable, they just can't function and they can't do the things that they normally can. And he's trying. I, I love it. There's been no quit in him. He hasn't taken the easy way out. He hasn't made excuses. He's just gone out there every night. It just Unfortunately, hasn't been happening for him this year. Well, Daryl Sutter's brought up the point recently because he's moved back to the left wing. He played him on the right side for what seemed like a couple months. And then, of course, he has a couple points. And Daryl Sutter points out he gets the points from the right side. But I think you, you mentioned when a guy is comfortable, he is comfortable. And if he gets to start on his left side, if he gets to break out on his left side, if you throw all that at a guy... I would expect that he would produce a little bit more. Like, is there more to this that we're maybe not noticing the fact that he's playing back on the left side compared to the right? Oh, I, I think definitely. And if that's where all his looks are from, mm-hmm. um, I know that I was able to play in junior both sides of the ice on, on defense. And then I got 
stuck on the right side my first year pro and just continued from there. And I was asked to play the left side at a higher pace at a, you know, at the top level. And I honestly was uncomfortable. I couldn't do it anymore because I didn't have the looks. Guys were too quick. You didn't have the time for me being a right-handed guy on the left side. Puck was always exposed. So it felt completely awful. I didn't, (laughs) I didn't want to have anything to do with it. Put me back on my other side, picking up pucks off the wall, um, getting pucks in the offensive zone off the wall to take them and shoot them. You got to go backhand to forehand instead of just, it's always on your forehand. Like those details, the best of the best can probably do it from anywhere and everywhere. Some of us that, you know, were got by on other things besides talent. Um, it's definitely not as easy. So hmm. even a guy as talented as Jonathan Huberto, you put him in a place where he is at his, at his most comfortable and probably gives him his best chance to succeed or at least get back on track. So I don't know why you wouldn't. Um, Corey, wanted to ask you, uh, we saw it last night, uh, Jordan Biddington uh, getting into <laughs> it a little bit. Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury wanted to drop the gloves. Uh, Biddington, I don't know until we see him fight, seems like a little bit of a fake tough guy. But again, we got we got a scene on the ice. Who's the toughest goalies you've ever played with? The guys that you'd be like, I wouldn't want to fight that guy. Uh, well, I played with a guy in junior by the name of Devin Hansen, and he fought everyone and everything. He was about six foot four, probably two fifty. And I had just been called up as a sixteen-year-old with the Saskatoon Blades. He was on our team. He borrowed my shoes for a workout and got traded that day to Moose Jaw and took my brand new Sacconis with him. I didn't ask for the. I didn't ask for them back. <laughs> I said he could keep them. <laughs> he was one of the toughest goalies I played with. Um, I'm trying to think of who else was scrappy. I mean, Johnny Graham was pretty. Oh, pretty scrappy, pretty scrappy goaltender. Yeah. Were you ever um, on the ice or on the bench during a goalie fight in the NHL? Jeez, that's a that's a good another great question that I. I must have been. Oh, uh, I played in Rochester with Tom Draper. We called him. His nickname was Sour Drapes. And he, <laughs> and he he wanted Tom. Tom wanted to scrap everybody and everything. Yeah. He didn't see a lot of the ice that year. Biron played a ton. Yeah. But uh, he was pretty feisty between the pipes. I'm just trying to think if I've actually ever seen. I'm. I must have. I'm just. It's not. It's not coming back to me. So it couldn't have been. Couldn't have been too epic. How much does that get the boys pumped up though when they see their goalie fighting? It's pretty good. Even when your goalie like likes to take care of his crease, yeah, and he's throwing blockers and doesn't take any crap with anybody that comes in there. I mean, guys enjoy that. It's it's competitive nature. So, especially when I played, I mean, everybody loves a scrap, and you just don't see them anymore. <laughs> so if you can get any any kind of action these days. That's, that's a bonus. Did, did you ever I, see, did you ever see a goalie you played with really take like a good hack on a guy in front? And you're like, Ooh, that was a good that, one. That was maybe too much. Oh, it would be, it would be John, Johnny Graham just keeps <laughs> popping into my mind too. I mean, I did, I did play with Sean Burke and we've seen his, his track record too. Mm-hmm. He had a pretty, he had a pretty good, uh, um, he would snap every now and then and come unglued. I didn't play with him for very long, but I just remember his highlight reel of wielding his stick 
he did he did a he did a pretty good job of it. Uh jeez, I'm just trying to try and think of all the goalies I played with there. Like Patrick Waugh wanted to be tough, right? But he also got beat up by Chris Osgood and Mike Vernon <laughs> back in the day. He was too good to be tough, right? Yeah. <laughs> like too, too talented to be tough. The guys that are, are really great players, they're not gonna spend their time scrapping. It's true. Mm. Where does Jordan Bennington fall in that? No, oh, the wrong end of the chart when we're talking tough. <laughs> I mean, just, like, just, just, just look at his headshot. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's like a buck, buck sixty soaking like, wet. If if you like played, a... if you played with Jordan Bennington, Corey, what would you say to him? Like, come on, man! Like you're killing us here. I'm the one who has to answer. Yeah, you got to answer that. Like, how would what would you say to Jordan Bennington if he was your teammate? Yeah, I'd probably tell him to tone it down a notch. I mean, this this day and age, you can do whatever you want. No one's gonna, no one's yeah. gonna raise a finger, anyways. But I mean, remember when I was playing? I even had I, besides my goalie, I had teammates that loved to start everything after the whistle, and you're like, geez, like, can we give us a little bit of a breather here? <laughs> Who was the D partner that got you into the most type of shenanigans like that on the ice? Well. Nolan Pratt and I played a lot together in Tampa, mm-hmm. and I'll never. I'll, I have a couple instances. Um, the first one was well. The worst one was in the Stanley Cup playoffs. We're up like second round, oh three, oh four. We're up. I don't know how many game. We're up one game to nothing, or maybe it's the first game of the series in Tampa against Montreal, and we're winning four nothing. There's a couple minutes left. And there's a little scrum at center ice, and he goes in and just pops someone. And of course, I'm standing with Sheldon Surrey, and I've got—I'm oh. going to make my excuse. I got a bit of a bum right hand. I got it taped up. Yeah. Sure enough, here we go. One one punch by Surrey left. I'm laying on the ice. He oh. stars. So I, I thank him for that one. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks, pal. I had, yeah. yeah. I try. I, I returned the favor though once. We uh, we were playing the New Jersey Devils, and geez, I can't remember his name. Uh, Jay Pandolfo steps out of the box, right as or sorry, Jay Pandolfo is carrying the puck up the boards in front of the penalty box. Right as my penalty expires, I step out of the box and just pop him, like <laughs> probably an illegal hit. Yeah, drop him, and Pratter gets squared off with Colin White, who's not crazy tough, but he was really scrappy. And I watched Colin White just like. And the game was over, too. It was right at the end of the game. I had no business even starting anything. But then I watched Colin beat the snot out of Pratter, and I, uh, I actually thoroughly enjoyed it. It was a little bit of payback. So, yeah. uh, We also got this on the text line. Uh, we got to ask you about Jamie McLennan and the shot on Johan Franz in, in the, uh, against the Red Wings. Oh, yeah. He, uh, Which ended up with Noodles getting suspended. I didn't play. I didn't play long there with Noodles. I only only had him a little bit in the net. But he was pretty feisty too. He talked. He talked a big game. He was he was scrappy in there. <laughs> the thing with you know what Jamie would Jamie would back it up too. Like he would. I I even like I just remember him playing against him. He was one of those guys that took care of his crease. Mm-hmm. He didn't he didn't have any any trouble starting crap. I put him in the. Uh, just above a middleweight. Mm-hmm. Okay. In, as far as goalies, like he, he could, I think he'd handle himself pretty well out there. When he was backing up to Mika, he'd only get about 10 starts a season. You better make him worth your while. Yeah. 
And I'm not just, I never played with any real, I played against a few crazies, but again, never really played with anybody that was a complete snap show in the crease. So, um, isn't it was Ron Hextall really that tough? Did you hear stories in the league? Because we all seen the clip where he got filled in by Felix Potvin, and you're like, oh, there goes the Ron Hextall mystique. Well, I mean, if you're gonna do the, if you're gonna, if you're gonna play the role, then play it like right to its finest. Yep. Right, and he just he did it. He just had the aura about him, whether he was tough or not. I think I think it was more because of his ability to just absolutely snap and he's got that big piece of lumber in his hand so i mean he was he was probably one of the best with it can you guys think of another example of well billy smith old school right around that yeah just chopping and hacking and whacking guys but yeah no he was he was the guy that we grew up with you know the 80s Mm -hmm. early 90s era yeah it was ron hextall and every goalie highlight you saw that was for the wrong reason Whose leg did he break? Was it Kent Nielsen's? Another another trivia question right there. <laughs> I can't remember the highlight. Yeah, it was uh, Kent Nielsen. He broke his leg on that massive baseball-like slash and just snapped his leg like no problem. Good times he back probably, in the 80s. He probably made a few uh, rock'em sock'ems with his yeah. uh, oh, yeah. stick-wielding. Yeah, and I remember as a kid, it, hockey when when the Habs beat the Flyers in the 89, this is old school, the 89 Wales Conference Final, the game was already over, so Chris Chelios is in the corner, and Hextall skates out of his crease to fight Chris Chelios in game six when the series was already done. Chelios could, uh, he could definitely provoke a reaction like that. <laughs> yeah. He's pretty good at getting under guys' skin. Yeah, mm. that's awesome. Um, Corey, this has been fun. Uh, let's do more of this in the future. Uh, Flames analyst for Sportsnet, former NHLer, great stuff, Corey. Uh, enjoy the game tonight. Thanks, and I just I wish my memory was a little better. That's okay. It was you probably that fight against Sheldon Surrey that kind of mixed <laughs> things up a little bit. Those wouldn't help. That's okay. No, didn't help at all. Nope. Uh, we'll talk. Have a great day, guys. Thanks, pal. There he goes, Corey Sarich on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Brought to you by Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar, using the same secret recipe since 1975. Dine in at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. Take out or delivery at 403-248-3344. Great stuff. I was old always... school there with Kent Nielsen when he broke his leg. Yeah. It was a gross chop, too. It was in the 87 Stanley Cup final. <laughs> and he just, just snaps his leg. He just full baseball. Have you ever seen like, that? Here's the thing. Like, is there another sport where dudes literally have weapons in their hands and no, on yeah. their feet? Yeah. Like in the NFL, they use their head as a weapon. But it's not like a stick and, where... And technically, yeah. you could use your head as a weapon in the NHL as well if you so wanted to drive the yeah your s- helmet into someone's face. Have you ever face. seen that, Hack? No. Here, I'll show you right All now. Right. Like, uh, oh. so, Yeah, he's down. So watch this. Yeah, he, he got, looks hurt. Yeah, so there's okay, Ken Nielsen, there, 87 Stanley Cup final at the old Spectrum in Philadelphia. Yeah, he's is. angry here. Yep. Here he goes. Wham! Oh. And broke his leg. And that's the year Ron Hextall won the Conn Smythe Trophy, even though they lost in seven games to the Oilers. What do you think the club head speed was on that a thing? A lot. That thing uh, came down I, think, a little... I think that was uh, well above 120 miles yeah, an yeah. hour. <laughs> and he snapped his leg like a twig. Um, straight ahead, we're going to do Brody on the beat. Um, we're going to take your gross um, personal hygiene texts. There's some. Because Dan Orlovsky uses the same towel 30 times. Some of y'all are real gross. Yeah, uh, we'll do that. And uh, don't forget, um, the hospital uh, home lottery in support of Calgary 
Health Foundation. The early bird prize deadline is midnight tomorrow where you can win the Audi Q8, the 2024 Audi Q8 Technic Plus, or a trip for two to Australia. Plus. Or, plus. Yeah. Or. Or $120,000 in cash. The grand prize is the $3.1 million show home overlooking the lake in Mahogany. Uh, Foothills, hospitalhomelottery.com. The number, one 541 Brody on the beat, text messages. And, oh, I didn't tell you the Darren Waller reason either why he got traded to the Giants. Lots to do. We'll do that straight ahead. It's the big show. Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, the fan. Hey, it's Haley Salvian from The Athletic. For a look at the latest on your Calgary Flames and NHL news, go click and subscribe to the Hockey Central 960 podcast. While you're there, please rate and review the show. It's the big show. Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, the fan live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. Got about less than 20 minutes to go in today's program. Um, we did it way back in the 6 o'clock hour. We talked about Dan Orlovsky, former NFL quarterback, mm. um, current ESPN analyst. Apparently he uses the same towel 30 times before he washes it after the shower. Vile. Which is really gross. Um, we asked you on the text line 960-960, name and location, what are some of your gross personal hygiene habits? There's a few in there that are gross, and we can't wait to share them with you. Mm. Real gross. Yeah. You people are gross. Um, peeing out the back door is uh, is a patented move by a lot That's... of you. Um, and usually alcohol is involved. Um, I like the... We... <laughs> we'll get into it, but there's a, yeah. a mint part of that text that yeah. I really enjoy. Yeah, we'll get to it uh, with our text reading robot, Texty McTexerson. But uh, <laughs> Flames and Golden Knights tonight... Of course, uh, Calgary looking to win in Vegas for the first time ever. It's essentially a must-win. Like it has been for a month. Yeah, I'd, I just hope the lines are a bit of a blender tonight. I kind of want to see Lindholm with Huberto. Let's try that. Maybe it gives you a spark down the stretch here. You got 14 games. Desperate times call for desperate measures. Let's mix things up a little bit here, right? God bless Jacob Peltier. He's not producing. You got to mm-hmm. have guys who score. Tyler Toffoli's not producing. Has one goal in, like, what, 11 games? Something like that? So do you go, like, uh... Like, D- Majapani hasn't scored in forever. Like, go uh, reunite the DNA line. You go Huberto, Lindholm, Toffoli, and then Pelche can play with Backlund and Coleman. Sure. You got to keep there, Backlund... I did it. To your I point earlier, you got to keep Backlund and Coleman together. They've been one of the best lines in the NHL. Literally, those two and whoever they play yeah. with is what one if, of the best lines. What yeah. if we put uh, Backlund in a more offensive role up the lineup? He's been the best center all year. He plays more ice time than anybody. So however you want to list the top three lines, have at her. But like in the end, the ice time is what matters. Like yeah. I don't really care. Especially, certain teams, yeah, you list them. One, two, three, four. This group, they don't have a guy that I yeah. say, this dude is their first line player. Maybe it's time to put the DNA line back together. They were good at the earlier in the season, and we were surprised when they broke them up. And like Dubé and Mangiapane have still been a tandem when they kill penalties, so it's not like there's a they they play on the power play together. There's some familiarity there playing with Kadri. One hundred percent. Yeah. Why not? Why not? Let's give it a look. And again, um, thought Backlund's the fixer of this team anyway. Somebody struggling, put him with Backlund, get him back on track. But uh, goal scoring has been an issue with this team lately. 
That's why I'm saying mix up the lines a little bit. Let's they, see. Lindholm. They also like to use that line in like a defensive role. And then Jacob Pelletier with a couple of rough moments in the last game. Yeah. You wonder if he's the guy that they use there because they do use that line in a defensive sense. But and, alas. And you brought up that point where the pass he gave Lindholm in the dying seconds in Arizona. It was very nice. Last season, that's probably in. Not this season, the way things have gone. For it's the a Calgary good stop Flames. by Ingram, but yeah, but last season that was in. Let's see those types of chances tonight in Las Vegas. Chances are and then be going Huberto in. had the deflection try, which like if that ends up an inch or two higher, that's padding in. So yeah, way uh, she goes. We'll be all over that game um, tomorrow as uh, the Flames desperately need a win tonight in Vegas to keep their. Uh, are they slim? Yeah, like dwindling playoff hopes alive. Like a big a win tonight would go a long way with confidence to winning in a place that you've never won before, big time. So, because uh, we've been doing the playoff odds from the analytics folks a little bit lately, Money Puck has them down to twenty percent this morning, and uh, the Athletic, I believe, was even lower, around seventeen percent. So. I'll go with the uh, Money Puck one. one. Yeah, that's the one you're going to choose. So you got a fish bowl with five ping pong balls. Uh-huh. One of them's orange. Pull out the orange, the Flames make the playoffs. It's that There's easy. Your it's that easy. There you go. Wow. Just to dumb it down that way. Why did you? Hey, here's why a, did here's you a fish bowl. Like that earlier. Here's a fish bowl. There's yeah. five ping pong balls. If you pick the orange one and you only your one try, the Flames will make the playoffs. That doesn't sound that hard. No, it doesn't. Can it's, I keep my eyes open? It's that easy. No. Oh. Blindfolded. Oh darn. Yeah. Um, the best uh, segment in Canadian radio, week in week out, continues to be Brody on the beat. Where all technical director, the sweatpants wearing Alex Brody, goes on into the community and asks a question. Um, you got a lot more feedback because the weather's starting to warm up, right? You yeah. don't have people freezing and they're like trying to get out of the cold as quickly as possible. You, you, you're getting a lot more interaction with the fans, right? Yeah, we had a uh, Brody on the beat first, actually. And essentially, just people came up to me. It wow. Was, it, was, it was incredible. It was <laughs> awesome. And did, did you get recognized? No, 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 no. They, okay. they were actually. I'm, I'm spoiling stuff, but they were from Vancouver, so they actually had no oh. idea who I was, but they were really keen to be on on camera and have the mic in front of them. So There's one thing I love to do when I travel. It's try and get on local news. <laughs> yeah. Um, is there anything more you like than getting recognized while you're doing Brody on the Beat? Oh, uh, I would say, like, well, just like... What about when your esports team wins? Uh, I Honestly, getting recognized is, is... I would actually put that above it because it just... Ooh. You know, people people care. It's nice to know that people actually care. And listen? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it kind of puts it in perspective. Alex, for you. there are dozens of people listening right now. Um, Brody on the Beat is um, Canada's number one um, radio segment. I don't think there's any question. Uh, let's hear this week's edition. I'm excited. I'm pumped. All My favorite part, too. He's a Brody on the all I want to know is how optimistic are you that the Flames will make the playoffs this year? Wow, that's the fan 960 question. Like every every second day, isn't it? Like <laughs> every second. Ooh, on a scale of one to ten, like a three. Yeah, uh, I know. I just uh, they had opportunities. What to win four in a row against Anaheim? Fell apart. Dud at home. Well, sir, uh, I think that they can. You know, like every time that they come in. Like they usually suck at the beginning, right? They usually yeah. suck, but then like when the playoffs come, when they have to like heat things up, because they're the Flames, they uh they just 
they just turn it on and then they just go to the end. Sometimes they win, sometimes they don't. But you know what? They always make it to the playoffs. So I'm pretty confident that they'll be able to do it. Okay. Um, I am very excited because I think they have to win the next 15 games and I don't think they will. What's something you're super optimistic about in your life right now? Optimistic about right now? Spring? <laughs> in my life? Probably gra I'm about to graduate college. Oh, what program? Are, what program? Are you? I'm doing like marketing and entrepreneurship and stuff. All right. Uh, mm. I might not be able to put this on the radio. But what's your What's your big business idea? Big business idea. Okay, you ready? So it's um, <laughs> a pancake restaurant uh -huh. where it shakes. The whole table shakes. It's called Panquakes. And so if if your pancakes are still on your plate at the end, then you get it for free. What's something just you're super optimistic about in your personal life right now? Oh, uh, hit. Like, get back to work. I've been hitting the gym. I, like, <laughs> I was paralyzed at this time last year, and oh. I wasn't able to walk, whoa, but now whoa. I'm, like, going places. I'd like to thank my two legs I'm standing on and all that Alice. good stuff. Whoa. I'm, like, yeah, so I'm going back to work and uh, pretty happy about that. What? Alex, how, <laughs> how do we go from panquakes <laughs> to a Dude. guy who's paralyzed? <laughs> Well, so what? the paralyzed guy oh was also the he was the one who made the like the flames analogy, like the heat up because okay. that was the same guy. But yeah, maybe I, leave that one uh, out next time. That's he, okay. He's proud of himself. He, okay. he's, he's made a him. huge comeback. So yeah, the guy thinks his business idea that what's whatever school he's going to, like, did he write a proposal for this? So it's a so It's a pancake <laughs> restaurant where <laughs> where the table shakes. And if the pancake stays on your plate, you get it for free. What about drinks? <laughs> what about oh, I should have asked. Yeah, like what? There's so much to unpack with that idea. <laughs> like, how hard does the table shake? How many people are allowed to sit at the table? How much weed did you smoke before you came up with that? Yeah. Like, my goodness. Panquakes. Panquakes. I love the pun. Listen, listen. I love the pun. I'm an ideas guy. <laughs> I like to write things down, whiteboard styles. Sure, brainstorming. Well, that's a terrible idea. <laughs> I got whiplash going from laughing so hard at that yeah. to, you oh, might... by the way, I'm no longer paralyzed. It's what been a hard way back. What do you think would be a better business investment? Panquakes <laughs> or buying the Montreal Alouettes? <laughs> Ooh, that's a close one. Which one is a worse investment? Well, how much am I buying the owls for? Is it I'm still full. a dollar? No, no, full. Yeah, a dollar, <laughs> but you got to you have to you have to suck up all their debt. Panquakes. Uh, I don't want to be a janitor at Panquakes. Listen, says and the if Panquakes wants to sponsor a show, we're yeah. in. <laughs> the big show for Panquakes. So you sit at a table, yeah, and then the table starts <laughs> to shake, and if the pancake stays on your plate, you get it for free. Now here's the thing. Yeah. Love I've never, I've never come across a pancake that I went, man, this thing's rolling. I'm having trouble keeping this thing on my plate. Yeah, like they kind of just <laughs> sit there. So yeah. even if the table's shaking, I don't know. I think you're going to be like giving away a lot of free pancakes, is what I'm getting at here, and cleaning up a lot of messes. Yeah. Also, how do you make it shake? Like, how do you create? Got to be oh. a machine. Oh, yeah. a lot of some sort of hydraulic yeah. lift oh, underneath. Okay. Okay. It just goes. <laughs> I'd hate that because I hate being sticky and all the syrup. It would oh. be terrible. Oh, yeah. You, it would be a mess. Nobody it even. Was, listen, was, nobody likes to sit at a table that wobbles a little bit. That's annoying. <laughs> Let alone this. Oh, the chair. You're trying to eat your pancake, and then the table is like. <laughs> <laughs> 
don't, I don't know. I don't know about hey, this listen, idea. I want it listen, to be those random are, too. Those so are the, it just surprises you with the shape. Those are the mind. Those are the those. That's our future, right there. Those types yeah. of ideas. Oh my god, pancakes! Can't wait. Great job. The future is now. Um, we asked you uh, earlier, um, Dan Orlovsky, ESPN football analyst, um, used the same towel thirty times before he uh, washes it. And we asked you, what are some of your gross personal hygiene uh, hygiene hygiene secrets you kind of want to share with us at nine sixty nine sixty name and location? Uh, we always, of course, uh, get the help of Texty McTexterson, our Sportsnet nine sixty the fan text reading robot. Oh, Texty, what do you got today for us? Tyler in Drumheller, when I was younger, I chewed off my toenails. Yeah, that's a tough one. That's gross. Yep. But I think that there was a, there's probably a fair portion of people that went, you know, I could probably put my foot in my mouth and why yep. not chew my toes? Alex can definitely, we saw it earlier, he can definitely suck on his big fat toe <laughs> nice and slow. Man, I don't, the camera's in here and that stuff's going on. I don't know. Yeah. Suck on that big toe. Yeah, all right. What put else it we all got? All the way behind his head. It's fantastic. Josh in downtown, I pee out the back door instead of the bathroom upstairs when I'm hammered. Feet in the house. <laughs> feet in the house. Feet in the house. I feel like that's a... Feet in the, the house. Yeah. Feet in the house. I think that's something. Um, my uh, my ball hockey goalie, mm-hmm. he, he put a urinal in his garage because he's got like a, a wow. room, like a bar that's yeah, in his like garage. A, a man so instead of wa- Yeah. Instead of walking all the way back up to the house... Into the house? Mm-hmm. Nope. Urinal right there. I do you know it's if it's weird, just like but it's very handy. Does and it convenient. have like a wall around yeah, it? A divider. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's in like in the garage, like the man cave's in a separate room. Yeah. So you gotta walk out of the man cave to use the urinal instead of walking inside and using the bathroom. But it does have a divider. It's not just It does. It would have been amusing if it was just like on the wall. Listen, if it was, we all like... we all have stories of like buddies peeing in the hamper when they're really hammered because they thought it was the toilet. Yeah, like sure. we've all seen that stuff before. Yep, I'm not going to share anything. Okay, here. I'm going to choose to plead the fifth. But... All right, yeah, keep them rolling. Every day I work, I wear a brand new pair of socks. Not That's gross. Interesting. That's uh, that seems like a very expensive habit. Yeah, like. Waited like three hundred pairs f- a year. Flex your affluency on yeah, us. Like, what do you well do done. with the socks? You throw them out? Do you donate them? What do you do with them? What do you do for work? Straight to Goodwill. Yeah, that's another good point. Like, what if he's like, oh yeah, I, I, I work at a call center, so I never leave home. Yeah, <laughs> like I don't know what they do for work. What he does? No, like, I, would, I need I need more. Maybe he's a plumber, and yeah. and you probably don't want to be in those socks. Maybe for much he's longer. a waiter at Panquakes. <laughs> so waiter right. at Panquakes. Keep him rolling. Mike from the country. Do you guys shampoo every day? Because you're not supposed to. Natural oils and whatnot. Mm. Yeah, I've heard this. I shampoo like once a week. Yeah, same. What? Yeah. About yeah. once a week. Really? Yep. I do it every day. Condition every day. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. I probably should more, but natural oils. Get a good sweat on and then just nice long rinse in the shower. Boom. You're like Andre Zuzin? No. No, I clean the rest of my body. Okay. But just the don't need to shampoo every day. Dries out the scalp, and then you get flaky scalp. I wear a lot of black. I can't be rocking flaky scalp, George. Okay. They also have What's a shower? For that. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. What's a shower? Okay, that's gross. gross. Vile. Gross. How many more you got, Patrick, before we say goodbye? Got five. Wow, okay. Fire. Byron in Calgary. 
I've had this heated debated with multiple people. I use a new towel every single time I shower. Every time. Yeah, that's what I do. Well, now it's not new. It's washed and folded, but I use it. Yeah, it's not that heated to me. I'm with you, Byron. I don't have enough room in my apartment for 80 towels. Yeah, crisp and warm. Okay, continue. Anonymous in Redacted. Haven't brushed my teeth in 30 years. Come on. Haven't had a haircut in 10 years and haven't shaved in four. Shower once a week, maybe. Blech. Hello, ladies. What, at the soup kitchen? Yeah. Listen, nothing, nothing. The ladies like nothing more than a nice golden smile if you haven't brushed your teeth in 30 years. <laughs> hey, a Blech. nice golden nicotine-stained yeah. I don't brush my teeth. Breath. I'd rather just smoke a pack mm, of What did I have yesterday have for dinner? Yeah. <laughs> Spinach all in my teeth still because I don't bother brushing my teeth. Oh. Like, I don't believe that. Come on. Well, 30 that's why, years? That's why I was... I think that's Anonymous in Redacted. Yeah. Okay. All right. Continue. Russell, I blow my nose in dirty socks. They're going into the wash anyway. I don't think blowing in the nose is the only thing you do in dirty socks. Yeah. <laughs> Russell. If, if you're going to blow yuck. your nose, you might do something else in the socks. Yeah, that's a double yuck for me, dude. All right. Uh, one more. Got two more. Okay. Eric in Calgary. As far as personal hygiene goes... I know it's time to take a shower when my man smells like soggy cornflakes. Interesting. The so- soggy cornflakes really oh, have an odor? Oh, I, don't, I don't know if they do. Oh, but, I don't want to find now. out now. Okay. One more. Brent, I haven't washed my hockey jock strap in two years. Ooh. Okay. I'm Joe Pubic right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for your text. A lot of people are like Woo. that. Um, <laughs> Connor McDavid's socks. They're disgusting. He continues to wear them. Patrick Mahomes boxers. Ugh. Yep. Those things are vile. Mm-hmm. Um, that's it for us. Uh, Flames game day tonight. They play the Golden Knights in Vegas looking for a first win, and they need to win this game tonight. You got to get two points, one point minimum to if keep you, your playoff open. Here's the thing. If you don't win, start losing. Yep. Start losing. All right, sit for us. Uh, are you? Do you have Big Show more coming up here? No, I got to get out of here. All right, you got to go. Uh, Bye, what are we doing? Replay? Yeah. Um. All right. Uh, before that, though, don't forget um, the Foothills Hospital Home Lottery, uh, the Audi and the Australia bonus prize deadline midnight tomorrow. You could win a 2024 Audi GA Technic Plus, a trip for two to Australia, or you can take $125,000 in cash. The I, grand prize. It's just a nine-day trip to Australia. Yeah, it's awesome. And in a 2024 QA. Like it's, it's just, you know, two of the best prizes that we've ever seen. And, the, uh, grand and it's prize. not even the bonus prize, but yeah, that's fine. And the Great. grand prize is a $3.1 million show home overlooking Lake Mahogany. Uh, check it out um, the lottery homepage at Hospital Home Lottery on the socials, on Instagram. Uh, hashtag YYC Home Lottery. You can also call them at one triple eight five four one five five four zero or visit Foothills Hospital Home Lottery dot com. Jackpot is over a million dollars. Two million. 50, well, you get a million dollars if you win it. So jackpot. Would the jackpot be the total price, or is that the price you win of a fifty fifty? I just know it was over like well over a million dollars when the, we did it last time, and now it's over two million. So you get. To, a million if you win the straight. 50-50. In the words of Randy Moss, straight cash, homie. Uh, that's it for us. Get Enjoy that the cheddar, game. brother. We'll be all over the game tomorrow. What, you have what? a super day, and uh, wash those towels. Bye.